The Comics Course is an offering of the lectures from Miskatonic University's Literature 209, Graphical Literature and Society and History, offered as a publicly available podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Comics Course. I am, as always, your Professor Hamby here with my T.A. Rowan. Say hello, Rowan. Hello. Now, I don't know when you're going to hear this. You're probably going to have some dead air for a while from us. Because, as everybody I'm sure knows, the cloaked moon has risen. Which means it's intramurals time here at Miskatonic University. And as everybody knows, during intramurals, it is best for the faculty to board up their windows, put up the blackout curtains, and turn off all electronics lest they find you. Mm -hmm. uh, I, however, have built a Faraday cage, so Rowan and I can still watch movies and record. We're just not going to be able to send any of it out of the office. Yeah. And we have plenty of fruit for smoothies. Yay! Kanpai! Now, my nutritionist told me that adding a little bit of belladonna would be good for the capillaries. I chose not to follow that advice. I just didn't think the flavor would match the strawberry banana profile well. Agreed. And I do worry about her at times. Some of her advice seems a little questionable sometimes. You're a nutritionist. If you're not willing to experiment, you don't become one. Fair enough. So... We've got a few things to talk about today. I know that I normally, in the lectures, don't really talk about news or anything, but I mentioned one item to you right before we hit the record button, and you said you didn't know about it, so I thought we'd discuss it briefly, as it does touch on something that amuses me in the world of comics and media. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know who Jonathan Majors is? Does not ring any bells. Okay. Uh, you did not watch the HBO series Lovecraft Country, I take it. I have. You have? He was the protagonist. He was the main character of it. Oh, I forgot his name. Sorry. The I, actor. I, I haven't seen it since it came out. Okay. It was good. I enjoyed it. I did too. Um, I it was excellent, actually. I kind of wish these Lovecraftian works would stop picking on Miskatonic. We're a real place. We have no actual connection to Lovecraft. Um, I think he applied here and didn't get accepted or something. It's kind of weird. Anyway. Uh, assault allegations came out about him. Oh, no. His wife basically said that he beats and abuses her and all this other stuff. And I don't know all the very fine details. Um, but major domestic abuse allegations. And as soon as this came out... A flood of things from other people who know him came out. Ooh, no. In fact, one guy on Twitter who apparently is big in the acting scene in that mm -hmm. part of the country that he's from mm -hmm. uh, said, well, now everybody's discovering what we've all known all along. Oh, no. And he's been described as a sociopath and gaslighter and all kinds of other things. That's upset. I thought he was a really good actor. That's really upsetting. It is. Unfortunately, talent is not a signifier 
of your ability uh, to be a good human being. Yeah, that's upsetting. You know, I've, I've seen paintings that Adolf Hitler did. Mm-hmm. He was a good painter. He was. He had his, talent. His technical skill was great. An absolute piece of shit human being, obviously. Uh-huh. But it just goes to show that creative talent is not tied to being good. Uh-huh. As a person. Tragically. Because then it would make my life much simpler, and I could enjoy all art of quality without being distracted by my knowledge. Like Eric Clapton, one of my favorite guitarists of all time. I think he is an absolute mind-blowing genius on the guitar. He's written some amazing songs. He's also gotten on stage drunk and done racist rants. Oh, joy. Yeah, I... (sighs) I mean, when I listen to something like Layla... And his unplugged performance of Layla is one of the greatest live performances of all time. I have I, I try to put myself in a mindset and delude myself into maybe he wasn't racist when he did that. Maybe he's just become racist as an old man. You, can, <laughs> artists, can you kindly shut the fuck up when you're racist or homophobic, please? Right. And we're going to be talking about an artist who is a transphobe today. Because we're going to rant about Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And we decided that we would watch some movies and rant about them. And I've got Harry Potter paused in the background, but we will get to that. But anyway, back to Jonathan Majors. Mm -hmm. So he is the big bad of the current phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. Kang. Kang the Immortal. Mm -hmm. Did you watch the Loki miniseries? Yes. So he appears at the very end of it. Yeah. And he is a significant part of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Mm -hmm. apparently. Mm -hmm. But these allegations are real. Now, very quickly, his company, his PR company, came out and said, it's all untrue and we have the receipts. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm willing to listen to both sides of a story. Yeah, 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 same. Plenty of men victimize women. Plenty of women use the reputation of being victimized as a weapon against men. Yeah. This is the world. Because humans are shitty. Right, exactly. But when all these other voices started coming out saying, we've known this for years. In fact, one guy made a comment about a major figure that made him feel vile every time people applauded him in media. And said this months and months ago on Twitter. And somebody else came back and said, well, now I think I know who you were talking about. And he went... Ding, ding, ding. Oh. You know, it's not good when someone comes out about you being an abuser and then people come out of the woodworks. So, a day or two ago, or a little, whatever it was, mm-hmm. both his PR firm and his talent management firm both declared they were dropping him. So, I'm guessing they not only have the receipts, but got around to reading them and decided they didn't look good. (laughs) Yeah, decided he's not worth the trouble trying to defend. (laughs) Now, this leaves Marvel in an interesting position. Uh He's already been Kang. Mm -hmm. Do they recast him and hope it's not a big deal? Yeah, I think that's the best course of action. Because this is obviously a problem you don't have in comics. In comics, there's an editorial process, and you don't have to worry about characters' real lives coming back to interfere with the storytelling. But in films, you do. And we see this with DC, who has worked very, very, very hard to sweep under the rug Ezra Miller's various scummy behavior. 
Yeah, which isn't working. Well, they're moving ahead with the Flash. And it will be interesting to see what the public response is like. It will be interesting. I personally think they should shelve it. Oh, for sure. And, you know, they've they've put out a strong storyline of this twin-souled uh, Aboriginal American girl was 18 and legal and all this stuff. He is still... Well, he, they. I, I believe Ezra Miller prefers non-gendered pronouns. Okay, okay. I think. I'll try to remember that. I'm trying to honor that. Yeah, because something I feel like people don't seem to understand, someone can be a bad person and you can still respect their pronouns. Well, I mean, I wouldn't arbitrarily... I mean, I obviously have zero respect for Adolf Hitler and I still say he. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not a matter of respect. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of acknowledgement. Yeah. To me. You know, respect is about believing uh, that somebody is deserving of a certain kind of regard. Adolf Hitler does not deserve that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Ezra Miller does. Mm-hmm. But that has nothing to do with pronouns in my book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's interesting to watch these this collision between comics. Because there are, to me, the movies are an entirely different thing. They're not a mythology. Mm-hmm. Except in the smallest ways. I mean, you can go on Twitter and Tumblr and find where people are inserting their headcanons and creating their own mythologies. And some of them are becoming common narratives among the fans. Mm-hmm. You, But it's relatively minor compared to that in the world of comicdom. So I think of them as separate. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who want to very closely tie them together together. And the companies certainly encourage this when they take many elements from the movies and transition them back into the comics. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah, I think the best thing Marvel and DC can both do is need to recast the actors. Right. Which, to me, is the equivalent in a comic book of changing artists. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. Now, the performance is a thing. Unfortunately, that fellow... Um, is a great actor. He has powerful presence. Yeah, I, I, I thought his um performance in Lovecraft Country was amazing. Yeah, but I don't want to reward people with fame and riches who are absolutely scummy human beings. When there's tons of actors who are also great and not scummy people that we know of. Right. So let's move on into talking about Harry Potter. Now, you may ask, what does this have to do with a course on comic books? Well, I am happy to say that as a professor at Miskatonic, who, while not technically tenured, it would be problematic for them to replace me at my abysmally low pay, um, I don't really have to stick to the syllabus. (laughs) And Harry Potter does have connections to the larger world of geek culture, which e- which even non-geeky comics often get lumped into, mm-hmm. tragically. Now, I don't think... You know, it just occurred to me, I'm not actually aware of any, like, graphic novel adaptations of Harry Potter, which is actually rather surprising. I will have to check that later. Mm-hmm. But... Obviously, it has been adapted in a number of forms. The books got adapted most famously into the series of movies, but mm-hmm. audiobook versions are adaptations as well. Mm-hmm. And there is plenty of mythological headcanon out there about 
Harry Potter, mm-hmm. ranging from the entirely predictable Harry Malfoy uh, slash fiction. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's just say that there are certain sites that if you go on to, yeah. So, they have also announced that they are relaunching uh, Harry Potter as a series of TV seasons, one season per book, uh-huh. for HBO Max, or Max, or whatever they're rebranding it as these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And it apparently will have involvement from J.K. Rowling. HBO mm-hmm. also had a anniversary get-together with a lot of the crew, yeah. and some of them only participated because there would not be any inclusion of J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. They've both been very vocal about be, her behavior and being against it. Right. And, I mean, Rowling has gone down the nutcase hole here. Yeah. I mean, some of the things she originally said I thought were legitimate to talk about, but she's just gone deeper and deeper and deeper into the transphobic rabbit hole. When you're at the point where you're... when Where you make a comment insinuating trans people with your stand with your symbolizing for Nazis, you, you've lost your shit. Yeah, she's lost it. So, um, Emma Watson and uh, Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. have said they will not participate in the TV show. They were asked to. Mm-hmm. Rupert Grint has said he would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he's filch. I think he'd make a great filch. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I can see that, honestly. I, I, and it would just be appropriate in a weird way. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but I do think young Daniel Radcliffe is so associated with the image of Harry Potter, it is going to be hard to recast him. Oh, that that's going to be so hard. And I th- think that's actually true for the others as well. I think Emma Watson and Rupert Grint are very tied to the images of Hermione Granger and... Um, um, why am I choking on Rupert Grant's character's name? Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley, thank you. And this is another interesting example of mythology, except now mythology in visual media, <laughs> TV movies, <laughs> that are people going to accept these recastings? And obviously we have no way to know yeah. until we get there. But anyway, we are going to rant about Harry Potter a little bit today. And this this happened because we were talking about Harry Potter one day, and apparently I spontaneously went into a rant, and you said you should record this. Mm-hmm. So we're at the very beginning of the movie, and I just like to point out one thing that doesn't that's going to become important later. Mm-hmm. So Harry unconsciously makes this glass disappear and talks to the snake. Uh huh. Here is plot point number one problem of mine in Harry Potter. Uh-huh. A, isn't there like a whole magic uh, uh, department that comes out when this crap happens and wipes memories and stuff? Mm-hmm. I mean, they did it later on when Harry blows up his aunt. Mm-hmm. But, noth- but this never gets dealt with. Doesn't seem to. Because, you know, because his aunt and uncle still remember it. But even if, if, as family members, they're allowed to remember it, you'd think that somebody would come out 
and wipe memories of other people and mm. put the snake back. But even at an absolute bare minimum, an absolute bare minimum, this would have been detected, right? Because isn't... Yeah. I mean, you're not supposed to, as a young wizard, practice magic, mm -hmm. except maybe in some very controlled circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so there's this whole giant spell over the country, a mm -hmm. gaius, if you would, that detects underage magic use. Yeah. So they would detect this. And therefore... Therefore, Dumbledore would know about it, right? Mm -hmm. Now... Why wouldn't somebody show up and talk to Harry about it? Investigate it? Why wouldn't Dumbledore ask questions? Well, he wouldn't ask questions unless he already knew about all of it. Mm -hmm. Because he's a paranoid, you know, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. I mean, justifiably so, perhaps. But he is. And then why wouldn't he warn him that being a parcel tongue after investigating everything that happened is something that Harry should not share broadly. Uh-huh. It makes no sense. It's bizarre. Especially given the fact that Dumbledore is kind of controlling Oh, very controlling. Throughout the whole thing. Oh, the one gay character in the books is a groomer. Uh-huh. Not a sexual groomer. But an emotional one. I mean, he's grooming Harry to commit suicide. Uh-huh. That is actually the meta plot of all seven books is that Harry has been manipulated and perhaps arguably put into an unloving house so that he would not feel familial associations and be more ready to kill himself mm -hmm. in pursuit of destroying Voldemort. Yeah, he... I don't get why everyone treats him like he's such a nice guy. He's a manipulative bastard. Mm -hmm. Now, you could argue that this is necessary. It's for the greater good. And perhaps it is. Mm -hmm. I... I we can have a legitimate debate about that. But what is not debatable is that he takes a young child, manipulates him, puts him into a shitty situation, and... Because you're telling me he couldn't have made life better for Harry? Maybe because of the magic, he had to put him in that household. Mm -hmm. But you're show, telling me he couldn't have shown up once a year as Grand Uncle Dumbledore pretending to be a mortal and scare the piss into the aunt and uncle into at least treating Harry halfway decently? But no, he just lets him live under the fucking stairs with his cousin who bullies him and harasses him. Right, and, and abuses him. Mm -hmm. I mean, this story is one uh, a newspaper article away from ending in Harry being murdered at 10 years old on the playground. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's horrible. Because his cousin totally, I totally read his cousin as someone who would accidentally kill Harry. Right. So, Dumbledore, who, who by the way, there are no gay characters in the books. Mm -hmm. She, J.K. Rowling, announced that he was gay after the books were over. As if this somehow... Makes her woke. Right. Um, and the one gay character is a groomer. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, let's, let's face it, it makes sense that there are no gay characters at uh, Hogwarts because have you seen their fa their fashion sense? I mean, I'm sorry. Ron, when he goes to the dance mm -hmm. during the Goblet of Fire mm -hmm. and he has that absolute abomination mm -hmm. of dance robes, of formal robes, mm -hmm. if there had been a single gay man at Hogwarts, they would have gone, 
oh, honey, I know we may not get along, but we are not letting this happen. They, they would have gotten him something. And in the hallway scenes, no one's wearing heels. I mean, a Slytherin who mm-hmm. hates Gryffindor would have still not allowed that to happen if there had been a gay man there. Mm-hmm. And where are the lesbians with the flannel robes? Uh-huh. I want to know. It makes And it makes no sense that everyone's wearing their appropriate gendered uniforms. Right. You mean to tell me there's no men in the female ones or women in the male ones? Which, I mean, let, let, let's dip into the transsexual stuff for a second, mm-hmm. too. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. move aside from the sexual orientation aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, you're telling me there's no variance of polyjuice potions to make men into women and vice versa? Mm-hmm. I mean, let, let's just be honest here. I mean, I'm not saying this is every woman in the world, mm-hmm. but most women that I've ever heard comment on this, whether it was because people are just talking crap at a party or it's a Reddit post about it or whatever, mm-hmm. most women I've ever known have been like, if I got to be a dude for a day, I'd swing that dick around and see what the whole helicopter experience is like. <laughs> I mean, just because it's so alien to them. Uh-huh. They want... yeah. And most guys, if they're being honest, they're like, Boobs and a vagina? I, I'd want to know what that felt like. Mm. I mean, it's just so alien to our experience. And a largely, mostly bimorphic species. Yeah. Um, we're curious. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that doesn't happen at Hogwarts? Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're telling me there aren't people who would be like, I could take the potion every day and stay like this and I like it. Of course there are going to be some. Yeah. But of course it's not written in because she's a transphobe. But the books have lots of problems like that. The books have a problem with race, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's one black character, and he's only expressed in the movie, Dean Thomas. Uh Uh-huh. And he does nothing. Mm. I mean, apparently in all of the UK, there's one black guy who's from a wizarding family. And the one Asian character is Cho Chang. Which is a ridiculous racist sounding name. It sounds and, like a slur. And it, it does, somebody explained it to me once who is Chinese, and I forget the details, but it, it's just nonsense. It doesn't even sound like a real Chinese name, apparently, to someone who's Chinese. And her whole character is to be obsessed with two white boys. Well, no, she's not obsessed. A white boy is obsessed with her. She doesn't even have the agency to have her own obsession. Her entire purpose is to be a fixation for Harry's yellow fever. True. She has zero agency of her own. And he does this all while she's still trying to get over her dead boyfriend. Right. I don't know how close they were, but, I mean, at least some connection there. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And then there's like two Indian girls who are twins. I'm pretty sure there would be more than two people of Indian descent in the wizarding world in all of the UK in that year. Uh huh. I mean, like that's. Have you been to London in the tw- in the later half of the 20th century? I mean, yeah. There's as many Indian takeaways on the street as there are fish and chips places. That school is like 99 percent white. Right. I know the UK is very white, but it's not that white. And there's other forms of exclusion. The place is in Scotland and they're not forced to eat haggis at any point. I mean, look at this place. They're, they're still wearing robes from the 15th century. 
but apparently their food has gotten rid of haggis. I, I want to see them forced to eat haggis. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. I might have gone off onto a deep weird place there involving food. A little bit. A little bit. But it would be funny. True. You know, and I understand them wanting to update the special effects. I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. The green screen and stuff in here is a little on the rough side by today's standards. Especially when you scale it up to like 4K. But these aren't ancient movies. I'm sure they still have the original masters against the green screen, which means the special effects could all be redone. Yeah, they, I would I would prefer just to have a remastered version of the original movies because the quality of like the outside of the special effects is still fine. Right. And the acting's still great. And there's plenty of things, especially in the first book, that just make no sense in terms of how out of touch wizards are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this happens some in other books too, but for example, Arthur Weasley. Mm-hmm. So he's in charge of a department that deals with muggle artifacts. Uh-huh. So he presumably should have a connection to the muggle world. Mm-hmm. And yet he seems completely clueless about everything related to muggles. And he treats Harry like he's some sort of like endangered beast. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, Hermione knows just about much about the muggle world as Harry. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like people who express magical powers without, you know, that heritage. Um, maybe not common, but not rare either. I mean, they're common enough that people know they happen. Mm-hmm. And indeed, I mean, we see evidence of that and that Harry's own mother was one of them. Yeah, like, it's so weird to me that the school... She seems to be the only one of Muggle descent. Right. It's... Well, I mean, Harry's not that far from it himself. But all they ever do is emphasize his pure-bloodedness through the Potter line. Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah. I mean... Lucky. Well, it, it was a good metaphor for racism, actually. It was. it was. But it does amuse me that while she was providing this actually pretty solid metaphor for racism... She was kind of being low-key racist in the characters. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it just there's so much that doesn't make sense with the relationship between the wizarding and the muggle world. So they Arthur Weasley mm-hmm. is completely ignorant of the muggle world, even though he's in charge of a department that interacts with muggles. Mm-hmm. And he literally walks through Muggle London on the way to work every day, mm-hmm. as most of the Ministry of Magic people do, apparently. Mm-hmm. At least those that don't apparate. Maybe most of them apparate, and he only went that way because of the kids who couldn't do it yet. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I don't know. But, okay, another thing I want to bring up. Speaking of the Weasleys, the scene where, where Ron goes to, to jailbreak Harry... Goes to jailbreak Harry. When they when he gets in the flying car to... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And they talk about how much of a big deal it was that there was a flying car through London and how big of a deal it is to fix. Right. You so mean, many people to memory wipe and, and stuff. And they're acting like this is, like, the first time it's ever happened. It can't be the first time this has you ever happened. You mean to tell me you haven't had drunk teenage wizards like flying 50 cars at the same time doing a race in the sky well there may not be that many flying cars because i mean this is like advanced magic arthur weasley all that stuff but you're telling me that you haven't had 20 drunk uh 
19-year-old wizards flying broom f- uh-huh. formations through the fl- sky? Uh-huh. I mean, clearly. I mean, this would have happened. And they're acting like this never happens. This would, I feel like this would be like a once-a-month occurrence for them. In fact, they even establish that there is regular communication between the Muggle and the magical governments to handle these issues when they happen. Because mm-hmm. clearly they would happen. Mm-hmm. It, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand a pretty high degree of separation, mm-hmm. but you're, you're telling me that by the late 1990s, mm-hmm. Which is when these take place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think early to late 90s. Yeah, yeah. That there is no kid that would bring in a CD player mm-hmm. to Hogwarts yeah, with that, contemporary music. Yeah, that on top of that. For some reason, all of the Hogwarts school seems to be stuck like pre-electronics. Right. But we know that they walk out into the into the modern muggle world. We know they have some interaction. We know their stuff isn't, like, confiscated at the train. Right. And they never make any note of that. I mean, we see Dumbledore walk into the muggle world multiple times. Mm-hmm. We have, at the beginning of the first book, when Voldemort is first defeated, uh, uh, the uncle here makes comments about weirdly dressed people celebrating in the streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is interaction. And, of course, there are the people like Harry and Hermione who grew up in the Muggle world. Yeah, because even... Where the hell is Hermione singing along with the Spice Girls in the first movie? Yeah, because even if we assume wizards, are, like, all live secludedly in the middle of fuck nowhere, there's going to be people like Hermione who are raised in the Muggle world who would bring CDs and shit over and the other kids would be interested. And you're telling me Arthur Weasley wouldn't gather up some gold from Gringotts, cash it in at a pawn shop, and go buy some electronics? Mm-hmm. This this is beyond reason. This is just re- silly. Also, are we going to talk about how the guy who does muggle studies lives in the middle of bumfuck nowhere? Well, I mean, that's academics for you. Trust me. We have people teaching contemporary lit here at Miskatonic who I don't think have read anything published after 1950. Fair, fair, fair. Yep. Maybe that's the one realistic thing. <laughs> right. And it, it... Okay. Connection with the muggle world again. Mm-hmm. They walk through contemporary London to get to Diagon Alley a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And not all of them, mm-hmm. but not everybody can apparate. And not everybody has access to a flu network. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they keep up a connection for that. Mm-hmm. If it was so rare to need to physically walk to Diagon Alley, then why even maintain that connection? Yeah. I mean, actually, I'll be honest, it really actually doesn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. that Hagrid even takes him that way. Why wouldn't Hagrid take him to a flu network mm-hmm. and transport him that way? Yeah. It's just, it's silly. And it must be accessible by muggles, potentially, because we basically hear that, uh, uh, it's implied at least, that Hermione and her parents went there and used that method of access mm-hmm. to help set her up. Mm-hmm. This is just, now, let's also talk about the houses. Oh, yes. Now, I'm a proud Ravenclaw. I'm a Hufflepuff. And our houses are done dirty. Very. Now, Slytherins get ton of attention, 
And people even talk about how the Slytherins can uh, repair themselves and become mm -hmm. a better house again and leave the evil times behind. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Ravenclaws... Let's see, what do Raven... Well, okay, no, let's start with Hufflepuffs. Mm -hmm. What do Hufflepuffs get in the course of the books? Mm, a dead house member. Who later becomes a sparkly vampire. Which I have my own feelings about. Yeah. So that's it. They don't even mention where your house dorms are at. You have to go to the Pottermore website to see it. And a small article published many years later. Mm-hmm. That's it. Meanwhile, Ravenclaw. The only reason we know how to get into that house is because of the crucifix. Not crucifix. Um, um, what, what the fuck do they call them again? The, uh, um, I was about to say hard respects, but that's a different thing. Yeah, um. It, it doesn't matter. The things they need to destroy. Right, to I'm, I'm choking bad. on that right now, too. But you know what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly what you're talking about, right. But, but we only have two characters from Ravenclaw that ever do anything. Mm -hmm. One of them mm -hmm. is there to be an object of yellow fever. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the one Asian is in the smart house. Yeah, I was going to say, which I don't know about me, but feels oddly racist. A little racist. Um, it could have been dealt with by giving her more character time, but mm -hmm. didn't happen. And, and the whole argument of... Well, there wasn't room in the books. The books were so popular, she could have pumped out a couple of extra chapters of character content and nobody would have cared. Hell, she could have pumped out side stories with just as, just like her life. Absolutely. Where we got to see her perspective of all the shenanigans going on. I mean, let's not forget, Rowling wrote a fucking rule book for Quidditch that was mass market sold. She had the time for everything. And the ability to sell it. Mm -hmm. Her publisher wasn't saying no to anything. Mm -hmm. And then the other Ravenclaw character is primarily important because her father ends up being complicit with Voldemort. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all Ravenclaw gets. Except the one defining trait of Ravenclaw is their intelligence. And the most intelligent girl in that year that the story starts... Ends up in Gryffindor. So we're robbed. What, what is so weird to me is... Okay, so clearly Hermione is supposed to kind of represent Ravenclaw to a certain degree. Well, I think the three of them, the, the, the trinity of mm -hmm. the main characters, all represent houses other than what they end up in. They all choose to be brave. They all choose to be Gryffindor. And although we don't get to see their scenes, which, why the fuck have we not gotten Pottermore articles about their sorting hat events? Uh-huh, because we need them. Is why you know you know Harry's basically Slytherin who chooses to be Gryffindor, Ron I think is essentially Hufflepuff who chooses to be Gryffindor, and Hermione is a Ravenclaw who chooses to be Gryffindor. And okay, I'm gonna harp on her as a writer here. I don't have really any experience with writing, but I think this is a fair criticism. Okay. Instead of putting them in the houses which they're clearly supposed to a certain degree either could have been in, instead of putting them in there, like putting Ron and Hufflepuff, putting Hermione mm -hmm. and Ravenclaw, instead decided to put them all in the same house to make shenanigans easier to write. Right, and that convenience is clearly a driving factor here. Now, thematically, I do think that choosing to be brave and choosing to stand up against evil is a good thematic element. Mm -hmm. But we only see that with Harry. 
it would have been more powerful if we had seen that that you know Ron, despite his great family lineage in Gryffindor, that the Sorting Hat said the same thing to him that it sort of said to Harry. You're really a Hufflepuff. You'd be great in Hufflepuff. And Ron going, no, I want to be Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. And it going to Hermione and saying, you are Ravenclaw. And her going, no, I mean, I've made this connection with these two boys and maybe we'll do a Devil's Triangle one day. And there's no sex in the books. That also bugs me. I'll get to that later. <laughs> and... and but them all choosing to be together would be a powerful thematic element. Uh-huh. And it was lost. And we don't know if it was even intended. Yeah. And by the way, let's let, let's mention that you've got seven years of students in a boarding facility together with their hormones. And there's no talks of Susie getting pregnant? You know there are anti-pregnancy terms. There have to be. Probably. I mean, this would be first year. Like, okay, we know you haven't mastered charms yet, but they get, like, all the girls together, and there's McGonagall going, there's some advanced magic, and you're going to learn it now, bitches. Because <laughs> we ain't, because, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, they're desperate to teach sex ed to, to middle schoolers. Right. And if they have magic to prevent STDs and pregnancy, you know there's going to be shenanigans happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them probably. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I shouldn't have gone in that classroom at this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, sh- the castle would fuck with people. Like, you know, there's 20 people doing something in a room as an experiment, and it decides to reroute all the uh, staircases there. <laughs> <laughs> Those fucking ghosts. And I'm pretty sure there's some stories on AOO about that. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of my complaints in a nutshell. Now, some of them can be dismissed as it's not that kind of story. And it was written as a children's books. And got gradually more and more young adult mm-hmm. and adultish. Yeah, they um, started off as little kids' books, and then the goal was to, as the reader's age... The book's got more maturity. Right. And clearly, I'm not really going to criticize a lack of them having, you know, girls in the bathroom taking a modified polyjuice playing helicopter. Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to complain about them not talking about anti-pregnancy charms. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of these other things are legitimate complaints. And I think she should have taken a book from Tolkien and gone back and edited and revised some. Uh-huh. Taken a page from Stephen King mm-hmm. and done this to make the works better. Mm-hmm. But I think it is fair to say some shit is inconsistent and unrealistic. Also, this is something that's always bugged me since the first time I've seen the books. Okay. Why the fuck are the locks on the school able to be undone by a first grader? I don't know. Because in... Cause Movie one, they 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 go inside the room where they Aloha Mora, mm-hmm. right? And I understand Hermione is supposed to be very smart <coughs> for her age, and she's advanced already, even though she just started learning magic. Right, but but you mean to tell me high schoolers, it, the equivalent of high schoolers in Hogwarts, wouldn't have learned how to do that spell and been able to break into all the shit? 
Well, this gets into a general problem with the challenges in book one. Is that they're trivial. Mm-hmm. Now, I admit that m- the challenges they present that are put up in front of the Sorcerer's Stone mm-hmm. in book one mm-hmm. would keep out most first years. Yeah. But you're telling me that those would have kept out most seventh years? Yeah, that's why I'm saying... Who are there and presumably need to be kept out of this shit too? Uh-huh. Because that's why I said I understand why it, why it, Hermione was able to, and, you know, do a advanced spell. But, but... And the faculty? I mean, presumably this would have been to keep people at a skill level of the faculty out, if necessary. And no... And instead, someone who just started learning magic, who's very smart for her age, was able to break into it first try. Right. Because it's and not like she was sitting, sitting there doing spell, 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 just boom, opened. Right. And the chess set thing? Mm-hmm. Also, I want, okay, I have, I, have, I have one big issue with Harry's character. Okay. I understand that Hermione is supposed to be the smart one. Right. But how the fuck is Harry still alive? That that boy because was, of Ron and Hermione, in part. That boy, I'm surprised he didn't die through choking on his food at dinner. Right, he has no survival <laughs> instinct whatsoever. His two brain cells are working overtime throughout the whole series. Well, if you pay attention, if you actually pay attention, there is so many Deus ex machinas. It's not even funny. Even Ron is smarter than him, and they make jokes about how dumb Ron is. In fact, they even have a machina ex machina at one point when the car has to save them from the spiders. I'm just saying, if if her okay. if Hermione had decided, you two are losers, I don't want to deal with you, the entire book would have never happened. Actually, let's talk about the spiders a second. Mm-hmm. So... It is very clear that in those woods, by the time we get to Chamber of Secrets, Mm -hmm. that those spiders are a huge-ass part of the woods. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, they clearly have... Like, half of the woods are spider-infested. I mean, we're talking about Mirkwood, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it did not escape me that this shit was stolen from Mirkwood, from Tolkien. Okay, Mm -hmm. anyway. I mean, it really was. It was, it was, it was. But it's effective. I can let that go. Mm -hmm. But these spiders were believed to be the beast from the Chamber of Secrets. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Hagrid got in a lot of trouble for it. Uh Uh-huh. So if they believed that he opened the Chamber of Secrets, Mm -hmm. that would have made him the inheritor of Slytherin. Yeah. And yet, at no point do we see any Death Eaters going, Hagrid's the man. He's our champion. He's going to help us rise up again. Mm-hmm. Never. The fuck? Why wouldn't they? If they believe that he opened the Chamber of Secrets and he was the inheritor of the legacy of Slytherin, which would make zero, zero fucking sense, I mean, actually, a wizarding giant with their resistance to magic would be a dangerous guy. Uh-huh. And we see that by book seven, that when they get into battles, ha- I mean, a lot of spells just bounce off Hagrid because of his magic blood. Mm-hmm. He's dangerous when he gets angry. Mm-hmm. 
Which is why he tries so hard to stay calm and collected. He would have made an awesome Death Eater. Uh-huh. And yet, despite supposedly being the one who opens the Chamber of Secrets, and connected to the Slytherin legacy, as far as everyone else believes, mm-hmm. zip, zero, nada. Mm-hmm. In fact, if, you, if I had been Tom Riddle, I would have used his disenfranchisement to try to recruit him. <laughs> also, okay, back to the spiders for a second, and I mainly sure. I want to talk about how little the faculty faculty cares for this kid's lives. Okay, but why I, isn't that forest being burned to the ground to get rid of spiders? Because okay, so okay, so the main faculty knows there's spiders in there. They know it's partially because of Hagrid. Shit happened, right? Right. So now let, let's talk one second mm-hmm. about. There is no species of spider, even in the magicking world, Mm -hmm. that paralyzes people and turns them to stone and shit. Mm -hmm. Makes zero fucking sense. Faculty are dumb as shit. Okay, continue. Okay, so supposedly McGonagall knows the spiders are in there, right? They all do. And And McGonagall was teaching back then. She's mm -hmm. been here for all of it. She's an old bitch. Mm -hmm. And bless Hagrid, we know he's a sweetheart. But he's not very bright. I think he's brighter than he looks. I think some of the things he leaks out, he leaks out intentionally at times. Mm. But anyway. But at least they don't think he's bright. Right. And and I'm not saying he's a rocket scientist. Just not as dumb Mm. as he always seems. Okay, so Harry and Draco get into a fight. Right. She needs to give them a punishment to try and keep them under control. So what's her bright idea? Send the two boys who are fighting... Right. And keep in mind, these are like middle-aged boys. Middle school age. Sorry, middle school age. Yeah. Wow. Out into those dangerous woods with the guy who she thinks has a good heart but isn't that bright, who brought, who is the one who brought the spiders into those infested woods because his heart is bigger than his brain. Right. Which just Hagrid and a <coughs> and a dog who's willing to leave them all there to die. However, in her defense. I think she often knows a lot more than we know she knows in the books. Mm-hmm. She is Dumbledore's confidant. Mm-hmm. She's been there for all of it. And I think she was maybe, along with Dumbledore, one of the ones who knew it was really Tom Riddle mm-hmm. and not Hagrid, but couldn't prove it. But still, she knows the woods are infested, so she still sent them out into spider-infested woods. Oh, it's this clear disregard for their safety. And, Absolutely. And even if she thought, okay, Harry will be fine, that, that's still a total disregard for Draco's life. Right. Oh, and I do want to say, by the way, where the movie playing in the background is on the scene where Harry is at platform nine and three quarters. Mm-hmm. Going back to my earlier exposure between the muggle and magicking world... They all go through the Muggle world to platform nine and three quarters. You're telling me at no point was anybody out there with a boom box and some Hogwarts student went, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And also, why is no one ever dressed in, like, modern clothes? Right. 
like, I understand that, it, like, maybe they're always required to have a uniform on. But B, sure. there's going to be kids who are going to try and get around that. Sure. And you mean to tell me there's no one wearing bracelets, jewelry of any kind, gloves. Which like, existed historically. Cool All of that. Cool stockings. Right. No one's doing their hair in new experimental ways. Right. It's all very, very plain. No one's trying to get around the dress code, which has which people have tried to do since dress codes were invented. Right. Especially school students. <laughs> yeah. Instead, everyone perfectly follows the dress code. Yeah, this is not realistic. It makes no sense to me. Nope. And and can I ask about Hermione? This is my last thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Can I ask about Hermione's immediate social fixation with Ron and Harry? Mm-hmm. So, she obviously knows stuff. She's been to Diagon Alley. She's bought books. Presum- it, I think at one point they even say something about... She bought a book on the history of Hogwarts and stuff. Uh-huh. She's trying to get caught up on all this stuff she doesn't know. Uh-huh. She clearly knows even more than Ron, who's grown up in the wizarding world. Right. Because she's made a sort of academic study. But she uh-huh. doesn't know some of the culture stuff that he knows. Uh-huh. So, first of all, did nobody get Harry a book? Seriously, poor boy should have been reading it on his way there instead of right. interacting with Ron, who they instantly become bros. Right. Now, I can get the he and Ron connect as bros. Uh-huh. It's a story, it's convenient, plus and it's, they, plus it they, works, whatever. And it makes sense. They both have two brain cells, they'll connect. Sure. But Hermione. Now, clearly, these first years are going to be walking around going, who am I going to end up rooming with? Who are going to be the people I'm connected to? And there are going to be older years on the train who are like, well, who are the younger students that are we're going to be housed with now? Uh-huh. And, and people are instantly going to be trying to make friends and stuff. And some of this is going to be on family lines. They're going to be like, oh, that's a Weasley. He's going to be Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's a Malfoy. He's going to be Slytherin. Mm-hmm. But then they're going to be the ones like Hermione. And clearly they're going to say, this chick is going to be Ravenclaw. Uh-huh. And also, Hermione admires intelligence. She likes intelligence. She's, right. She's proud of herself for how intelligent she is. You mean to tell me she wasn't looking over the history of the houses and going, I want to be Ravenclaw. And she's been socializing with other people. Here we are. This is the first scene where she meets Ron and Harry. And she's only here because she's helping look for Neville's uh, frog. Uh-huh, because she's already kind of been friendly with Neville and is willing to help him out. And socializing with others on the train, uh-huh. presumably. Because I'm sure Neville's in like a group of, like, inside like a big cart with a bunch of people. Meanwhile, she shows up here and her really, her only interaction with Harry and Ron is, wow, you two are stupid. And yet... She sees them for the himbos they are. Right. <laughs> <Both>. <laughs> Minus the muscle. <laughs> right. There's no muscle here, kiddo. Just, just, just kindness and idiotic. Right. <laughs> They're himbos without the muscle. I, I could go with that. Um, and yet she presumably goes to the Sorting Hat after this extremely minimal interaction where she does not think enough of them to be anything but condescending, it's... and goes to the Sorting Hat and goes. No, not Ravenclaw. Put me in a house with those two him muscleless himbos. And let's keep in mind, she has no clue what house Harry's going to be in. Okay, even assuming she had like talks with the others and fig- and found out that the well, we- well, 
No, well, hold on. Because I was going to say, because assuming she did talk with the others, she might find out that the Weasleys are normally Gryffindor. But, well, and, and Malfoy makes a comment about it before they go into the Sorting Hat. So he knows that. But how would she know what house Ron, I mean, Harry would Well, here's what I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. So they're called and denounced in, in an order. Mm-hmm. Is it by first name or last name? Because if it's by first name, Harry comes before Hermione. Mm-hmm. I, but if they go by last name, which I think they did, mm-hmm. then hers would have been announced before his. Because Granger's before Potter. Mm-hmm. I think they go by last name. I think they did too. And honestly, it makes the most sense. Well, I sometimes, when I'm doing things with groups of people, I'll do things by first name. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that is because almost everybody does it by last name. And I think it's kind of cool to get the people who are usually last sometimes have a chance to be up front. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. But I'm saying for like a school system, it, make, it makes right. sense that they would go by last name because that's how schools do shit right. for some reason. It, it, it's traditional. Yeah. And convenient and as good as any mm-hmm. other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's really the end of my rant. I mean, some of my rants are silly, like the helicopter, and, but, um... And, and another reason, if we're going off of, like, wanting to be in the same houses with friends, wouldn't you think, like, okay, so we know later on she becomes great friends with Ron and Harry, but right. you mean to tell me her other friends aren't really intelligent and her instant connection with other people on the train isn't the other smart, snarky people? Right, she doesn't seem to have any connection to House Ravenclaw. Although you'd think that socially there'd still be plenty of chances for inner house connections. Like, yeah, they share the dorms with their housemates, and yeah, they go to bed in the same like dorms as them. But there's no, but there's nothing that stops them from mingling throughout the rest of the school time during like free right. period. It's not even clear if they have and in classes. Uh-huh. I mean, because socialization happens in classes too, mm-hmm. especially classes like potions, where there's tables of people sitting around doing stuff Uh together you mean to tell me there's no corner where there aren't hufflepuffs selling substances yeah yeah, stuff they grew Uh (laughs) you're you're saying the greenhouses have more than time and sage in them yeah i'm just i'm just gonna say the fuck sorry the miskatonic uh maintenance crews are running machinery outside again I'm just saying, for people who haven't read this thing on Pottermore, the Hufflepuff house's dorm is underground. You mean to tell me they aren't growing shit down there? Mushrooms? Mm-hmm. You mean yeah. to tell me they aren't growing? And it's on. And the way you get in is through the mead room. Right. You mean to tell me, A, they aren't taking alcohol from there and Oh, selling. you know they are. You know, you know they are. And you mean to tell me they're Although not- I like to think it's in moderation. Yeah, yeah. They don't... Hufflepuffs don't strike me as heavy drinkers. No, because, you know, there are different kinds of drinkers in this world. Mm-hmm. There are people who drink to drink. Mm-hmm. They drink to get drunk. They drink to black out. While a healthy form of having some drinks mm-hmm. is to have a couple drinks, relax with your mates, mm-hmm. tell stories, you know, play some games. Just relax. Mm-hmm. Just, just enough drinking to relax a little bit and mm-hmm. lower your inhibitions a little bit. And that's a healthy drinking. And that's how I interpret the Hufflepuff. And also, speaking of the greenhouse, the teacher of it is Hufflepuff. She was Hufflepuff right. originally. And you mean to tell me she doesn't have, she didn't take in Hufflepuff mentors to help with the garden? And you mean to tell me they don't have keys and they secretly grow shit in there without her knowing? I'm sure they do. I mean, you it's mean, students. I'm just saying, I think Hufflepuffs would be the dealers of the Hogwarts world. 
Well, let's not make them sound like they have connections to cartels. You know. I think there's a difference between a couple of little wacky backy leaves here and there and, you know, putting 420 stickers on your door. I don't think I, I don't think they're championing Elon Musk. Oh, I never said that. Okay, okay. Well, you know, but we do live in a world today where degrees of use has to be a pocket, a, a topic of conversation uh-huh. in these things. Uh-huh. I mean, I was discussing uh, just yesterday, really, I think, the whole 420 culture thing. Uh-huh. And I hate it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I hate it. Definitely. And I don't have a problem with somebody saying it's Saturday night and I have no responsibilities mm-hmm. and I'm going to... I personally am not a smoker. I don't smoke. Never I, have. I, I dislike it. I think any form of smoking is idiotic. But if somebody chose to take a couple, you know, leaves of uh, marijuana and make a tea out of it and relax and chill out, that's fine. But these people aren't. This, this whole 420 lifestyle is about, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. Let's get stoned. And, hey... You know, I know I've got responsibilities and people depend on me, but let's get stoned. And hey, let's grow the strongest shit possible. Mm -hmm. Not natural marijuana, but let's make this Thai purple Hendrix buzz stuff that we've managed to genetically engineer that is completely Mm -hmm. mind-bending. Yeah, my same issue with the 420 culture is my same issue with the drinking culture. And for the same reasons. Exactly, same. Now, I'm a person that has used edibles Mm -hmm. to help me sleep um, in moderation. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the advantages of edibles is that they're much weaker Mm -hmm. than the stuff you smoke. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I enjoy a nightcap Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, this is in very small amounts. Mm -hmm. After a certain time of night, you know... Never enough to impair me mm-hmm. uh, uh, in any significant way. And, yeah. I, yeah, I see, I see no problem with getting a little stoned on the weekend, just like how I see no problem with getting a little tipsy during the weekend. But but, but not all weekend, even. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sorry. I might have a beer with a lunch sometimes, but that's afternoon still uh-huh. and it's a low alcohol beer mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if you're going out and doing vodka shots at lunch you have a problem serious problem just like how if you're getting stoned all week you have a problem right um and the hufflepuffs are the ones that i imagine are are having some herbal mm-hmm. tea and mm-hmm. having some you know beer not uh-huh. But they're also doing it at night a little bit, not uh-huh. not all day and not when they need to be studying. Honestly, I think the heavy drinkers of Hogwarts would be the... Um, um, It'd be the Gryffindors. Yeah, Gryffindors, totally. Yeah. They, they'd be the same people who are also probably the heaviest like drug users. I mean, they're, they're the ones that get drunk and be like, let's go fight a dragon. Okay, another issue I have with how the dorms are set up. Who the fuck put them on the house with the tower? Well, they aren't all, of course. We have two that are underground. We have two in towers and two that are underground. I'm just saying, when the people are picking who they want to be in the tower, the teachers are going, this is who I want to die, this is who I want to die, he's a little shit. <laughs> okay, well, here's my question about where the houses are at. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
So two are in towers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, griffins are flying creatures. Ravens are flying creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, The badgers are underground. They're burrowing Uh creatures. Okay. Snakes are also underground. They're also burrowers. But, 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 but. Snakes, what is an underground snake home called? It's called a den. Yeah. Just like a badger. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're warm and dry because that's what snakes need. Now, this works for the uh, uh, Hufflepuff. Their place is described as warm and dry and cozy and comfortable. Mm -hmm. However, the Slytherins live in a cold, damp one that's called the Dungeon. It's basically a creepy basement. And who chooses to live in a place called a Dungeon? Either the people who named it don't like you, mm-hmm. which is actually very possible in this case, mm-hmm. or, I mean, the other place called a dungeon um, that actually isn't a dungeon is used in a certain lifestyle where people are tied up and stuff. Uh-huh. So either it's a dungeon in one sense, in which case it's horrible, or they're assuming that everybody in Slytherin is an SNM, you know, lifestyle participant. Which is really inappropriate given the fact they're sorted in middle school. Right. I mean, for the 17 year olds there, I mean, it might be a good time. But the youngest ones are like 11, and that's just wrong. Uh huh. And, and, they, and they try to, like, keep you in mind throughout the whole movies and books that Slytherin aren't inherently evil. It's just a lot of and, bad people tend to be Slytherin because one of their like traits is wanting of power. But by the time you get to the Battle of Hogwarts, McGonagall expels every Slytherin house member uh-huh. because they're all evil. And, <laughs> and it's called the dungeon. They're literally putting them where you put criminals. It makes no sense. I mean, I get that Slytherin doesn't have to be evil, but apparently, A, it is, so why do they still allow them to exist, and B, always have been, going back to Salazar Slytherin, who was a racist and wanted to murder people if they had mixed heritage. Basically, literally Nazis. And in the whole course of it, we literally only get to meet... Two Slytherin that might not be complete pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. One of them is still largely a piece of shit, and that's Slughorn, Mm -hmm. who's completely driven. He just... The only thing that keeps him from being a complete piece of shit is that he is not a completely amoral, unethical person with no concept of empathy. He mainly just wants to be left the fuck alone and gets upset when people don't. Well, no, he doesn't want to be left alone. He wants to be around people. He wants to collect them. He he he's obsessed with having powerful friends. Oh wait, sorry. I sorry. I got I got confused on which one he was. Now I remember. Sorry. No, but we see when we first meet Slughorn, he's trying to be left alone because he doesn't want to be recruited by the Death Eaters, mm-hmm. who will kill him if they can't recruit him. Mm-hmm. He basically is a completely selfish ass. He's who just, just doesn't want isn't willing to hurt people. He's just not evil. Right. That, he, but he's still a bad person. Right. He, he's he, just not a complete piece of shit. He's just not there for Voldemort and he's not a Nazi. Meanwhile, the rest of Slytherin 
are Nazis. Mm -hmm. Even Snape, mm -hmm. who is presented as the great hero. Let's remember, he willingly became a brown shirt Nazi. The only reason he betrayed the, the brown shirts was because the one Jew that he put on the exception list... Was one he wanted to bone. Lily... Because we know back in Nazi times, Nazis had a list where their Jews were okay. Uh -huh. So he had one metaphorical Jew he was putting on the list, mm -hmm. and it conflicted with Hitler. I'm sorry, Voldemort's. <laughs> and she got killed anyway. Mm -hmm. And so he betrayed. That doesn't actually make him a good person. Uh -huh. I, I, okay, I want to talk about this. Maybe it's just my perception as a woman, but I felt like Snape was really creepy when it came to Lily. No, I disagree with that. Okay. Because look at what Snape did. Mm -hmm. He wasn't allowed to be with her. He couldn't be with her. He knew that she loved someone else. Mm -hmm. And he actually honored that. Mm. He didn't keep going after her. He didn't try to kill James. He didn't try to keep trying to convince her to be with him. Mm -hmm. He actually accepted it, even though... Because he actually put her happiness ahead of his. Okay, maybe creepy is the wrong word to use, but weird, maybe. is Not mentally thing. healthy because, at all. Because, okay, because it's years later, she's dead. Her kid is now going to Hogwarts, and he still is not over her. He never will be. She, he is that emo, uh, uh, gothic character who carries this tormented burden the rest of his life. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Using creepy was the wrong word. I was right. looking for weird. It is weird. It's mentally tox... It's mentally unhealthy. Um, and, okay. Mm -hmm. We even know that he actually... We discover this later. Mm -hmm. He loved Lily so much that he cherished Harry. He was thrilled to see this part of Lily still live in the world. Mm -hmm. And he had to put on the act of hating him to mm -hmm. stay close to Voldemort's associates. Mm -hmm. To stay close to the other Death Eaters mm -hmm. so that he could reach... So, okay, this brings me to a thought. First book, mm -hmm. Quidditch match. Quirrell is trying to fucking kill Harry. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Which, by the way, if he had succeeded, would have ended... The whole series immediately, not only because you kill the main character, but because it would have fulfilled the prophecy that one can't live while the other does. And he, and it would have been Voldemort killing Harry. Book one, the villain, the Nazi would have won. Right. Now, why did he not make this effort elsewhere in the book? I don't... It's he, bewildering. It's his one murder attempt. In fact... They indicate that Voldemort is out there in the forest drinking the unicorn blood in that scene that you talked about earlier. Uh -huh. Why the fuck wouldn't he have turned around and gone, this is my chance to kill the little shit outside Hogwarts? You mean to, yeah, you mean to tell me he wouldn't have tried to nab Harry when, when Dumbledore was dealing with uh, Draco being a little bitch boy? Right. So anyway, all this is happening. So back to the Quidditch match. Snape is the one counter-cursing. Mm-hmm. We know that literally McGonagall, Dumbledore, uh, um, the, the, the charms teacher, all these other faculty are there watching the game. 
None of them notice? And it's, None of them intervene? And it's not like a subtle murder attempt. They're even going, Harry's broom is acting up. Right. And they don't have the capacity to under... I mean, Snape clearly knows this is dark magic. Now, okay, I'll give a pass to some of them. Maybe some of them don't understand the signs of dark magic or some mm -hmm. shit. But Dumbledore doesn't? The whole book, which he goes through the morally shittiness of emotionally manipulating this young boy to have him kill himself and was and just was about to watch him die. Right. So Snape understands his dark magic. He doesn't know where it's coming from or he would have done something to Quirrell. Mm -hmm. And if the other Death Eaters had come to understand that he had been acting to save Harry's life there, mm -hmm. it literally would have pissed down the toilet his entire role as a secret operative. And things may and shit would have gone bad. It would and, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. Here's another Man, thing. this rant is going on a longer than I thought it would. <laughs> so, so Hermione realizes it's Snape doing it, right? Well, she thinks he's the one cursing, but yeah. yeah. But still, there. Okay, you mean to tell me? So Hermione realizes and immediately tells Harry and Ron she thinks they're he's the one cursing him. And you, by the way, am I the only one that when they summon the broomsticks and Harry's holding it out like this, it's a little phallic? It is. It is. On well, to be fair, the whole broom thing is phallic, like in shape and stuff. Yeah, I I'm just saying there's a women there's a reason women are the primary buyers of SUVs. And do you know when they did studies and they asked women why they wanted such big vehicles, most of them said it made them feel big and powerful, and a percentage of them said it made them feel like they had a penis. I'm just saying the big broomsticks aren't being ridden by the men all the time. Anyway, go ahead. Wait, where was I? I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Ron, we, we know this throughout the books and Ron. Ron can't keep his fucking mouth shut. Oh, no, no, he can't. You mean to tell me in, like, the day in between them confronting Snape, Ron told no one that he thought Snape was doing something? Right. Which would have gotten to the Death Eaters, you would think. Because once Ron tells one person, it's everyone knows. Right. Because you can't convince me that Ravenclaw aren't the fucking gossips of Hogwarts. They're kids. They're all gossips. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. But even if he had told, like, an older kid, shit would have come out. And so the Death Eaters know Snape wasn't the one cursed. Once again, no concern for the kids' lives. Right. So this kid, so Neville, was way up in the air, falls, and only hitting some other things. He still took like a 20-foot fall at the end. And the the teacher couldn't, from like 100 foot away, cast some sort of spell to help him? Yeah, because you would think one of the mandatories of being the broom teachers would be to have some sort of spell to bring the kids towards you. Or to fall slow. In fact, why the fuck wouldn't Hogwarts have some magic gizmo, like a ring, an amulet, I don't know, something. And it's like, okay, you're learning how to use your brooms. You're all going to wear, to borrow from D&D &D terminology, a feather fall ring. Mm -hmm. In fact, why wouldn't that be standard in sporting events? 
Yeah, wh why wouldn't they have that in Quidditch? Then the whole thing with Harry dropping to his death would have never been a problem. In fact, wouldn't that just be the equivalent of a seatbelt in the Wizarding World? Why wouldn't they have rules that everybody must have a feather fall ring if they fly a broom? Okay, more thing about magics and why all the kids should be dead by the end of the books. Sure. Okay, so they are already teaching the kids how to transform people into animals. Right. How are half the kids not dead purely from others turning them into toads and squishing them? That's a valid question. Because we, we saw, um, I think it was Draco, turn Ron into a toad, right? I don't remember that, but possibly. And then in return, we see Hermione turn him into, like, a weasel. Right. You mean to tell me... Okay, I'm not saying Draco's dumb. He's clearly not meant to be dumb, but he's also clearly not shown to be very smart. Very average. He's average. Average, average intelligence. So an average boy already can... Uh, someone with average intelligence can turn someone into a toad. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck is half the school not dead? It's a valid or, question. Or animals. I, I got another question for you. Mm-hmm. Where are the furries? That's another good question. I mean, we already saw they can become actual anthro furries because Hermione does it by accident. Which, by the way, is why I think that variant polyjuice potions must be perfectly doable. Uh-huh. Because you can even make variants by accident. Uh-huh. But she... I mean... There are people who would give limbs off their body, functioning limbs, to be able to be a cat girl or a cat boy uh -huh. or a centaur or whatever. And all the kids are walking around like normal humans? I mean, during the school day, that may be required. But you know, at night and on the weekends, there are some yiffin' piles in that Gryffindor dorm. Mm -hmm. Also, another here's another thing. Why the fuck does Harry have glasses? You mean to tell me they don't have things to fix his eyes? I have a theory about that. Mm -hmm. Now, this is based on a game world I've been developing that I will one day publish mm -hmm. as just a pure fan project. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go back to D&D. &D. Okay, okay. So this is a classical problem in D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't magic solve all problems? Why do you have wizards with glasses? Why this? Why that? Right? Mm-hmm. And, in fact, this argument popped up a few years ago because a company started published, creating miniatures of adventurers in wheelchairs. Uh-huh. And people went, this is stupid. You know, you would just use magic healing spells. Mm -hmm. Well, look, D&D &D is inherently stupid. Yeah, that's why, that's why I don't bother you to bring that up in D&D. Right. D&D is silly. Right. It is silly, but... Meanwhile, I feel like the Harry Potter world tries to make an effort to be serious. I don't think it's any more serious than D&D. &D. Okay. But, and there's the same underlying question. Mm -hmm. Why have these people... Well, one answer is representation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good enough answer in a game like D&D, &D <laughs> because it's in fact a game. Yeah. And if you want a character in a wheelchair, whether because it represents you or you just think it'd be cool... Go for it. Right. And when people say, well, the rules to make that happen, or silly, I'm like, wizards throw fireballs. Get the fuck over it. A, literally a whole giant joke is, I cast fireball, I don't care how big the room is. That's an ongoing joke. My, I, I know people made that joke about my last wizard. Yeah. And it was accurate. I mean, his, his solution to problem... I have a tendency to play characters who follow the most direct path possible to solve problems. I wonder why. Yeah. And and he was a fire mage. Well, technically a war wizard. 
But he, yeah. If one fireball didn't solve the problem, maybe two will. If two don't, maybe three will. And do you know what I discovered? What? It worked? It worked. Here's, here's the scene. Here's the scene that pisses me off. Yes, it's stupid as fuck. Sorry. No, I get it. The scene where she unlocks the door. For Which, by the way, I have another complaint about that. Did you mm-hmm. see that lock? Mm-hmm. That was a simple lever lock. You didn't need magic. You could just grab it and move it. Mm-hmm. But it, but anyway, so what I'm going to do for my game world is that the idea that everybody kind of has a life web. Mm-hmm. And if you are, say, born without, mm-hmm. say, uh, normal functioning eyes, or your life normally evolves and it's a natural part of your state mm-hmm. to have a certain disability, then magic can't heal it because magic mm-hmm. just restores your body to matching your life web. Mm-hmm. And if your life web is naturally mm-hmm. that way, and if your body is like that long enough, your life web will eventually adapt to it. Okay. So if you've like just lost a limb, mm-hmm. magic might be able to restore it. But if it's been 10 years of you living on a desert island... Magic's probably not going to be able to because your body and life web have now synced to Mm -hmm. not being there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And if your eyes naturally go bad, that's a natural expression of your life web. Mm -hmm. Also, another thing about gossip. We just got to the scene where she was able to open the door and they meet Fluffy for the first time. That's the dog's name, right? Fluffy? Yes, I think so. The three-headed dog, the, how, the Cerebus reference. How does by the end of the night, not every single person in their house know about Fluffy? Because you know Ron couldn't keep his mouth shut. I, I can see it for maybe the girls, because I can see Hermione being able to keep her mouth shut about it. Ron couldn't. Ron couldn't, though. I don't think I don't think Harry would either. Yeah, Ron, and like I said, himbos without the muscle. Himbos, yes. And, and, and later on, they have some muscle. At this stage, they're all guts, no... Way to use the guts. Yeah, because they're middle school boys. Right. I... Okay, we're at almost an hour and 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. How much more rant have you got? I think that's it. You think that's it? I think I got most Because I thought we were done earlier. (laughs) We weren't. The books and the movies are very enjoyable, but there's a lot wrong with them. And I'm not convinced they're going to persist. I mean, we can talk about Tolkien. Tolkien was a true originator. Mm -hmm. And, you know, The Hobbit was first published in the early 20th century, Lord of the Rings in the mid-20th century, and I think there's strong chance of them persisting. You never know for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, it's been really a single generation of time for Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and I'm just not convinced that it's going to be a multi-generational thing that really sticks around. Especially with the issues with race involving it and the issue yeah. with the writer being very controversial. And how engaging it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, people go, oh, we love it, and there are parties and people still dress up. Well, this is all within the generation. I mean, the Beatles were an absolute culture-defining phenomena, and I think the only Beatles album you've ever heard is one I played once. Yeah. Like, yeah, just like all big popular culture things, yeah, there'll be a few people in younger generations that care about it, but... And I think it's definitely earned a place in the history of fantasy literature. Mm -hmm. And I think there will be people who know it from that if they're interested in the history of fantasy literature. But, But I'm not convinced that it is going to become a cultural mainstay, the way, say, Lord of the Rings has. Stay a classic. 
Right. At least not in the sense of a classic... Well, hold on. More machinery going by. Oh, God, what the fuck are the groundskeepers doing? There's no telling. I think they buried last week's incident, so, you know. Oh, that's good. This may just be normal building repair. Okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, I'm just not convinced it's going to be an enduring classic. Yeah, same. I'll be very surprised if it does. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this one up, and our next rant is going to be Ready Player One. Ooh, Unless these get published out of order. Which... Don't talk about that. Yeah. Class is dismissed, but if you need to talk to the professor, listen on. My link tree is at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash prof hamby. That is p-r-o-f-h-a-m-b-y. That has all the places that I post announcements at about new episodes, including the huge variety of podcasting services and YouTube that I drop them on. Additionally, I actually spend a little bit of personal time on a couple of networks, specifically Twitter, that's at Prof Hamby, P-R-O-F-H-A-M-B-Y, and on Tumblr, where the blog is called Simply Comics Course. And I also, for some of my more narrative cast episodes, also post the transcriptions or notes from my podcasts. I'll see you around, and if you want to contact me, DMs are always open.